0: Well, guys, uh, good evening, and welcome to Young Adults. We're so glad you guys are joining us. We're excited uh, for conference; it's coming up. October is like a long way away into September, October, but it's going to be here before we know it. We're so excited for that. I want to say welcome to all of you who are in the room on a Tuesday night uh, post Easter. We had a great Easter here at High Street, and I want to say welcome to everybody that's joining us uh, online tonight as well, uh, and everybody who's consuming this message later on. We just want to say uh, we're glad you're at Young Adults, and so. We are excited to continue in our series, What is the Wise Thing to Do? What is the wise thing um, to do? And so last week, we talked about the wise thing to do. The wise thing to do was to do what God's Word says, that what we should use is God's Word as the lens through which we view the world. That's how uh, we should use God's Word, and that is a roadmap. Like, that's the first question we ask on the road to wisdom is what, what does God's word have to say? And tonight we are gonna be asking the question, who do you listen to? Who do you listen to? All right, so uh, I think we can all agree that at some point in time in our lives, we need advice from other people. We have points in times where we need advice from people, but who do we listen to? Should we just listen to anybody? Like where do we go to for a source of wisdom? And we know that starts in God's word, but where does it go after that? And so uh, y'all have probably got some bad advice before. Maybe you've given some bad advice too. Uh, I'd put myself in that category, but maybe you've received uh, some bad advice as well. Well, what's awesome about social media is we actually get to hear a a lot of different stories of people who have received uh, bad advice. And so uh, on Twitter, If you search hashtag bad advice, I don't know if I'm uh, recommending that or not. I don't know if anybody's on Twitter. I'm not really sure if Elon Musk bought it or not. I'm not sure what's happening uh, with that whole situation. But hashtag bad advice, I love this coming from my girl Whitney in 3541 if you're looking for a follow. she said, my dad told me when I started driving not to put my blinkers on because it was nobody's business where I was going, okay? Uh, Whitney, there you go, Whitney in 3541 okay? Do you think they just made the letters, the numbers for her? Is that like a generated one or what? Uh, okay, so the next one we have from Infus Jenkins. All right, I don't even, I don't even know how to pronounce that. But she said, "Gave a stranger." I can relate to this one right here. I feel like I would do this. Gave a stranger super specific instructions on how to get somewhere. Then after she left, I realized I was thinking of the wrong place. Hashtag bad advice. That's me. Yeah, you're gonna want to take a left on Chestnut over there, and then yeah, you head down towards Grand a little bit and then you realize that you're sending them um, to the wrong place and I've been there before but it's the confidence that you sell it with right Uh, I love this from Adriana Barrera five she said I was told if I smelled the swimming lines she's got to be from a different country okay I was told if I smelled the swimming lines I've never heard that before at the bottom of the pool that they'd smell like cherry I was told if I smelled the you guys didn't get it, okay? I was told if I smelled the swimming lines at the bottom of the pool that they'd smell like cherry, get it, she breathes in and then you got chlorine, all that. Now we get it. Somebody on the front row up here was uh, trekking with us there. Uh, uh, I use, uh, this one, this one's good, this is good, bad advice I use uh, I use. I used horse shampoo because I was told it would make my hair shinier, but it turns out it's just for horses, Uh, and that was from our guy Jimmy Fallon himself, hashtag um, bad advice. He does have shiny hair. Maybe he still uses it, Uh, but... Where do we go for advice? Right, that's bad advice, Um, and those are funny situations. Like we know that we should uh, use our blinker when we're driving. I don't know if everyone in Springfield knows that, but like those are like funny things. But the reality is, is that we face situations in life, and we have circumstances that we face in which uh, we do need advice, and we need counsel from people. So after, uh, even with obviously our first resort and always is to go to God's word and to see what it says about a situation, but one of the things that God designed us to be is in community, walking with people, moving in a direction with people who are pursuing the things of God, and it actually helps us to process situations, circumstances, and we talked about last week that in every season, situation, circumstance, problem, dilemma, we want to be able to make wise choices, and so what do we do? I love Psalm 1 here, because Psalm 1, the very first Psalm in the book of Psalms, uh, it is just so practical practical. And what we're looking at here is we're looking at somebody, uh, we're learning what not to do we're basically learning what not to do. That a person who is righteous, who is pursuing God, does not do the things that Psalm 1 lists. It's kind of this, uh, it starts out this advice by telling us what not to do. And so we're going to read Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to walk through this uh, together and we'll get to some practical uh, things about seeking wisdom from other people. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits In the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospered. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. And so again, this is looking a little bit at what not to do. But when we look even in verse one right here, it says, blessed is the man. Okay. The Hebrew word for man here is really a, a singular and it's talking about a, a person, right? Any person, not just a, a physically a man, but any person who is pursuing God in a righteous way. Like they're basically living by a godly zam- example. And so blessed or blessed is that man. That Another way we could say that is happy is the person Right? Happy is the person. Blessed is the person. Who does what? Who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And so to walk, when we see this in scripture, this idea of walking, what we see is that this is really talking about a lifestyle, right? That this walk that we have is really a way of living, it's a lifestyle, it's the way that we act. And so we see here that a person is not wise, right, if they are walking in the counsel of the wicked, if they're walking in the counsel of the wicked, there also, what, what happens next is we're, we're unwise if we're standing in the way of sinners. And you might be thinking, well, like, aren't all of us sinful? Doesn't Romans 3.23 say that we're all sinful and fallen short of the glory of God? Yes. But I think what we're, we're talking about here, when we're talking about, right, like walking and, and what we're getting at in this passage, I think what God uh, is trying to teach us is that there's a difference between just you're sinful, right? We're sinful people. There's a difference between that and choosing to willfully walk in it. So as you look at who your social circle is, as you look at the people who you are around, are they people who are wicked? And are they sinners, meaning that they, a, sin, a sin is something that is outside of the command of God. So are they willfully engaging in those practices? Are they walking in wickedness, in evil, in darkness, in the opposite of what? god's word is are they walking in the opposite of that it says nor are they someone who sits in the seat of scoffers A scoffer is somebody who mocks, who makes little of, right? It's not a big deal. Maybe they even make fun of somebody who is righteous. And notice notice how this works here, that at first you're walking, right? You're you're, you're walking, you're you're physically, you're you're walking, and maybe you've ever been in a walking, talking conversation, and then what happens is uh, you end up, next thing you know, you're standing with people, right? And then it's just kind of a circle, and you're getting a little bit more comfortable, and then next thing you know, you, you guys been in these friend conversations before, you're walking along, and then you're standing, next thing you know, you're just sitting. And, and sitting is a sign of comfort, right? Are we just sitting in the way of scoffers? Are we sitting and surrounding ourselves with people who are making light of what God has to say is righteous and good and true, so, you notice how easily it can go from that we are walking to, to, to a little bit more casual. We're standing in it, we're accepting a little bit more that we're walking in wickedness, to then we are actually sitting and we're just basking in it and we're comfor- comfortable and we're actually sitting in the seat of a scoffer and we are the people who are making little of what God says. So, the deal is here is that when we don't walk in righteousness and we choose to walk in this, that's not wisdom who we surround ourselves with. So, so I ask you that question, like if you're trying to think, who do I go for, to for advice? If you're hanging around with people that are wicked and that they're sinful and that they're scoffing at what God's word has to say, I would challenge you, you've got to find some community outside of that because you're not gonna find wise advice in that. And a lot of what the world preaches to us is this very thing right here. We're not we're not to be people, right? If we wanted to live a life of wisdom, we're not to walk in the way of the wicked. We're not to walk in the way of the wicked. We're not to stand with sinners. We're not to sit at the seat of scoffers. Uh, Verse two, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. What does this affirm? This affirms what we talked about last week, is that as you view everything through the lens of God's word, you are actually meditating on his word. That means you're thinking about it. You're consuming it. It's at the forefront of your mind, day and night you're concerned with what God's word has to say, that that's actually wisdom, is someone who's meditating on that word day and night, surrounding themselves with people who are meditating on God's word day and night, that that's a consistent theme that we see in verse three, it says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. And I, I, I think about it like this, okay? And trees are strong. We have some big trees out here uh, outside of the church and I don't, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't wanna go up full speed and try and tackle that tree after the service, okay? Because it ain't going anywhere. The, I, even small trees are strong. Have you ever thought about it? How like? These small trees, as they're planted, as they're rooted, can withstand just tremendous forces. Uh, One morning I was driving to work here at the church, and uh, I was headed eastbound uh, on a street here on my way, and a car was headed westbound at some point before I got there. A massive like F-250 pickup truck, probably fresh out of Fairgrove, Missouri, Buffalo, Missouri, I don't know, somewhere in the surrounding area, right? Uh, 12 miles to the gallon. I don't know what happened. It's early in the morning, okay? Uh, I'm assuming that was, there was some texting and driving involved. But this car actually crossed the lane, this was before I got there, alright? So I would say, crossed the lane and drives up into a yard like at a high rate of speed. And it runs into a tree that's not massive. This is a normal sized tree in somebody's house. And this F-250 pickup was wrapped around it. The the Literally the front bumper was just absolutely smashed and it wrapped around this tree that's not very big, protecting that house from being hit by a car and I think like that's what being planted is you drive by that tree now and I I looked at it uh, yesterday on my way home and it's just a little bit of bark that's gone from it you would never even know that tree is rooted and it's planted and if you want to have a life that is rooted and that it is planted it starts by tethering yourself to God's word what else does this passage tell us That not only will we be planted, but we're planted by what? Streams of water that as we meditate on the word day and night, we have a source of nourishment. We have a way of hydration. We have a way of refreshment, and that, living, that water is the living word of God that nourishes our souls. That's what it actually does for us. I don't. We talk a lot about having a quiet time here, right? Or engaging in spiritual disciplines. Do you know that when you read God's word, when you spend time in prayer, when you engage in spiritual disciplines, no matter what it is, it's like you're getting that fresh drink of water and you're planted. Y'all who seek God on a daily basis, you know that feeling unless we not forget what it feels like to be rooted and planted. We have those streams of water that it yields fruit in its season. You know, that, that, you know one of the awesome promises of God is that when you abide in Christ, right, your life, it won't, it's not like a maybe, it will produce fruit. When we look at the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. If you want that in your life, it starts with abiding in the Word of God. And that as you do that, it's not a maybe you will have those things, it is a promise that those things will develop. And that's one of the cool parts about church and the cool parts of community, is I've known some people in this room and people at this church for well over a decade now and to see the growth they have in their life is absolutely incredible. And you know why? It's not through their own willpower. It's not that they're, uh, you, you know, just engaging in like these disciplines on their own. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives, producing fruit. It says this, and it says, and it does, And the leaf does not wither. In all that he does, it prospers. The leaf does not wither. And so when we think about a tree, right, we know trees locally that um, many of them, during the seasons, they do different things, right? But they don't, they don't like, you know, like their leaves do wither and they fall off. But when we're rooted and we're planted in God's word, that regardless of the cycles of life and the changes in our season, regardless of transition or moves or whatever's happening, that God's word does what? It sustains that life, We're like that tree that has a leaf that does not wither. We're able to withstand whatever life has at us. And if you look at people in our society, many of them are thrown to and fro by the waves of life. If sickness comes or if death comes to a family member or they lose their job or something happens in their financial situation, their life turns into a total downhill spiral out of control. They wither away and fade you know why? Because they don't have access to. The, they're, they're not accessing the streams of living water. They're not planted in God's word. Maybe they're around the council of the wicked. Verse four, it says, the wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. Now, this might not mean a whole lot to us in today's society, all right, unless anybody is a wheat farmer in the room. I don't. I think that's Iowa. We're in the wrong spot. We have cows here in Missouri. So uh, if, you're, if you were in those days, you would take a winnowing fork, you would throw the wheat into the air, and the chaff, which you did not want, would be blown away by the wind, and that's how you separate and got what you wanted, okay? That the wicked are literally like this chaff that is just so easily blown away. You know, it's there, but then when the wind comes, right, when the storms of life come, when something happens, it's just so easily blown away, forgot about, and I kind of look at it like this, right? I'm always trying to picture like, okay, like how, what, what is an analogy we can use for that that I would understand um uh, My daughter loves bubbles and so does my son. He thinks he can catch every single one that is blown, but he, he cannot. I've yet to see him get one. But we have this little bubble machine that looks like a whale and we put it on a little ridge at our house and it spins around and blows. It's actually amazing, all right? Parent hack, you don't have to blow any bubbles then because it, it does it for you, all right? This will mean more to you in a few years when you have kids, I'm just gonna tell you that. But it does the work for you, okay? And it's blowing these bubbles out and they look all pretty and they're awesome and they're great, but those things just float away and fly away and they pop. They'll go and they'll hit a tree limb and they'll pop or a little wind comes or whatever and they're gone. And I look at that and I'm like, that's kinda like the way of the wicked. You know, sometimes sin, it looks really good. It looks really attractive. It's this shiny bubble, this big, bright, shiny bubble. The sun's uh, piercing through it, and it looks amazing, but then it's gone like that. And that's what Satan does with us with sin is he wants to make it so attractive, so good, but yet it's so fleeting, and it's leading on a path to nowhere. It's leading nowhere. It's leading to destruction. That is the way of the wicked. That is the way of the sinful. That is the way of the scoffer. That's what happens. So we have to ask ourselves, Like, what what do we want then? Do we want to surround ourselves with people who are unconcerned with the things of God? Okay, if we need counsel in our lives, right? We're getting there. If we need counsel in our lives, then who do we surround ourselves with? What do we do? Well. God's word tells us we should surround ourselves probably with people who are concerned with the things of God. I love how Proverbs 19:20 says it because it really I think if uh, we could take this in in young adulthood, we would look at our lives, you know, if we can take this in as an 18, 19, 20 year old, 30 year old, then when we look at our lives when we're 50, 60, 70, they'll be a lot better. Proverbs 19:20 says this. It says listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future we've established that the way of the righteous those are the people we should surround ourselves with and so very practically the first question you should ask yourself of should i listen to advice from this person is does their life reflect a life that is committed to god Does their life reflect a life that is committed to God? Does their life reflect a life that is aligned with the word of God? Is that what's happening in their life? Like as you look at them, very practically, the first thing you should ask is, okay, uh, I know what God's word says. Does their life align with God's word? I should heed advice from a person whose life aligns with God's word. This is really, really important. And then second is that, uh, is this person pointing you to the word of God as they give you advice? So not only does their life align with that, but are they pointing you towards the word of God? And so many of you are in the position, right, of a disciple maker, and you're out, and you're, you're uh, investing in people. You want to know one of the things that uh, we talk about all the time when we're giving people advice, and I try and do this, is I try and make it very clear when I'm giving someone my own opinion, right? Because I want to point them to the word of God. If I'm giving them my opinion that doesn't contradict scripture, but it's not the truth of God's word, I try and make that be known. But what I really want to do is I want to point them to God's word. And I want to let them know clearly when I'm giving them my opinion. And it's okay to give an opinion as long as it doesn't contradict God's word. That's good. Uh, we, We should counsel people in that way. So the first thing we gotta know is, okay, if we're the ones seeking the counsel though, does their life align with God's word? And so how do we do this, right, is we practically seek out. how 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 do we do this, what does it look like? I think the first thing we have to do is we have to be known. We have to be known. If you want to receive counsel, you have to be known. And what I mean by that is you have to be an initiator. You have to be known and you have to be an initiator. God did not, God did not uh, you know, um, allow us, he does not want us to do life on our own. That's not what he has for us. And, and did you know that if you want good community, here's a key for you, all right? No matter what church you go to or, or where you're at or where you find yourself in life, is what you need is to be an initiator if you want good community. That means you help create it, Right? You help initiate and create that community for yourself. That means that at some point, you're going to have to be vulnerable. At some point, you're going to have to seek out advice and counsel, and that takes some humility to recognize that you will need advice and counsel. I look at the men who speak into my life on a regular basis, and all of them speak into my life really to some degree, because at some point, I initiated relationship with them. I was vulnerable, I was transparent, I let them know what was was going on. I sought advice from them. Those are the guys that speak into my life, and that's the same that, that's true for um, you know my wife. The people that speaks into that, that speak into her life. It's people that she's allowed to do that. Are you allowing people to do that? And are you even putting yourself in a position where you can have that happen? This is why I like coming to church and engaging in community isn't just like yep did it, but you're building relationships. You know how many times I've been at young adults. Or I've been somewhere and I didn't even have it planned necessarily, but someone just gave me advice and counsel as I talked to him. I'm like, you know what? I maybe didn't realize I needed that, but man, I really needed that. I have a neighbor actually who lives across the street from me, a godly man, and he's, um, you know, he's just a great guy, and he's got a couple more kids. Who's a little bit further along in life than I am, and one day I was just talking to him, and he kind of just gave me some advice. You know, I, like, you know what, God, I needed that. I needed to hear that from him. But the reason that I was even able to hear from him is because I was sharing with him, because I had a conversation with him that mattered. I had a conversation that mattered, and so I would challenge you to be an initiator, to be um, a creator of community, to be someone who initiates transparency in your relationships as you seek advice and you seek counsel. Uh, I'll give you a very practical example here, all right? Um, There's a guy uh, on our staff here named uh, Tom Demers, Pastor Tom. He's our executive pastor Um, and, and Tom is a guy that his life aligns with God's word. I really respect him because one of the things I notice about him is he's very emotionally stable and very often I have not been that way in my past and that's something I want to grow in? And I asked Pastor Tom, not only as an employee, but as someone who wants to grow in my leadership and someone who wants to grow as a leader and a man of God uh, and and a a better uh, husband to my wife and leader of my family. I asked him, I said, Pastor Tom, what feedback would you give me? You've worked with me for a while now. Like what feedback would you give me? And we were riding in a car together and he kind of, you know, he answered a little bit, but, uh, and and he didn't give me the answer yet. He didn't go, I could tell he was holding something back. And so I go, Pastor Tom, like I'm, I'm being serious. I really want, you to tell me what feedback you had for me he goes okay I mean you, you asked for this and and he said you know Logan sometimes you're so quick to speak and you get emotionally heavy so fast that you don't even allow time to process and I thought you know what like I, I know that about myself but to hear it from somebody else right it really opened my eyes to, like I do need to like go and I need to ask God's help in this but I only had that feedback because I initiated it, right? And that's the power of the church that those relationships exist. The first thing is to initiate. The second thing is this, is you should probably find someone who's ahead of you. And what do I mean by that? I think that uh, if you are, uh, let's say if you're in college, right? is there someone that's spiritually ahead of you that's in college? That is a great source of wisdom. Are they just a step ahead of you in their faith journey? That is a great source of someone who can pour into you, that can disciple you, that can help you. But I would challenge you to even look further than that. Find somebody who's ahead of you in life. So for me, I think about it like this. I'm a a dad of two young kids. I wanna find somebody who's got their kids out of their house. I'm interested in what they have to say. I'm looking for people that have kids who are seeking the Lord into their teenage years. I wanna know what did they have to say? What can I learn from them, right? I think if you're about to transition, can you find someone who's moved cities already, who's been through a program that you're going to, who's done what you've done? How can you get um, advice and counsel from someone who's maybe a step ahead of you? You know, a powerful example of this would be in my life. There's a guy who's really my mentor, he's discipled me, and that, uh, his name's Ben Shank. I've mentioned him before, and, and one of the coolest things was that when my wife and I got married, we were in a group with Ben and Savannah, and they had one child at the time, uh, Coda, their son, Coda. And it was so cool for us to sit back and to watch how even though they had a child, they were so on mission and so on purpose. Like, they still showed up to group, right? They still showed up to group. They still served at the church. They were still out uh, evangelizing, having gospel conversations. They were still pouring into people, investing, and uh, they weren't just in their own bubble. And we took that and said, that's exactly what we want. I saw a vision from them of what we wanted uh, our marriage to look like, what we wanted it to look like when we had children, of how we could stay on mission for God. And those are things that you see, that as you initiate these relationships, right, and as you look for somebody that's uh, ahead of you, you start to see that that has power. You know, there is so much to say in Scripture about finding somebody who is older than you and that has wisdom. Now, not all, all older people are wise, right? We know that, we, we have to first look at does her life align with God's word? But there's so much to be said in scripture about that as young men, right, as young women, we should find people who are able to listen to and seek advice and counsel from, because guess what, they've already made mistakes. I can come to somebody who is about to get married, I can say, hey, I can tell you everything I did wrong in the first year of marriage don't do this, do these things, because I've walked through it. I've already done those things, and maybe uh, often I've failed in those areas. I can come to somebody who's having a child for the first time and say, hey, this is, these are some things you really need to pay attention to in your spiritual walk as you have a child. Like, this is what we do. This is why the church exists, that we have people who we can listen to and seek counsel from. And I think what it has to happen is, right, it goes from just this uh, inward focus, like, and we need advice too, but it has to be outward. It has to be outward. That, that's what discipleship is, is it's finding people who you can help take their next step, who you can point to the word of God. And you know, we just went through a conversation series here at High Street, and we've got all these red books. You can grab one actually at Next Steps after the service, after the service. and um, we call these our Faith Basics Guide. And really all this is, is it's a tool to help, go, you can go through this with somebody to help point them down a path of wisdom. Maybe you yourself need to go through it. You can go through this as well. Find someone who will take you through it. You know, this is, uh, this is what we should do, is as we know these things, we have to help other people that's what discipleship is is it's passing along wisdom from somebody and pointing them to the word of God and so my challenge to you is if you live uh if you're a Christian and you're not doing this if you're not investing in somebody else I would challenge you like what are you waiting on and if you think you're not good enough equipped enough don't have enough knowledge the Holy Spirit will help you and guide you in that effort that's what you need. You can rely on him. And not only that, like you, just have, you, you don't always have to know all the answers to help somebody take their next step. You just have to be available and willing. And the best place to be is sometimes you don't know what to tell somebody and you have to go ask somebody else for help, right, of how you can help somebody else. But this is what the Christian life looks like. To go and make disciples, really, it looks like, hey, what does God's word say? How can I walk in a righteous manner and how can I help other people to do that? As well, you know Psalm one five and six. Uh, uh, there at the at the at the end of chapter one, it's a short chapter. It says, "Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That it'll pass away. That it'll be fleeting. It'll be gone." That they won't stand in the judgment. That means that they can't stand before God. There won't be sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Do you know how you achieve righteousness? It's exactly through what we just celebrated on Easter. What Jesus did on the cross is a payment for our sin debt, going to the tomb and then rising three days later, overcoming death and the grave. That's what allows us to be righteous, that we are sinful people and God is holy and it's the cross that connects us to God when we put our faith and our trust and our hope in God. The Bible talks about it, how we need to admit our sin, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. That if we never get to a point of humility, to admit that we are sinful and in need of a savior and believe in what Jesus did on the cross, that God sent his one and only son, if we never get to that point of humility, we've missed it and we've missed the mark. That that is the starting point of wisdom is to submit to God and recognize that, man God, you know what, I've made mistakes. I've walked the path of the wicked. I've stood with sinners, right? I've sat in the place of scoffers. God says, I know, I'll forgive you. We just have to confess Jesus as our Lord. We have to admit our sin. See, I have to say yes to following Jesus, making the Lord of your life. You know, I was actually, uh, God always gives you stories, right? As as you prepare and you speak. And I was talking to a guy last night, actually, that I went to high school with. And uh, he was telling me the story of his father, that his father, his whole life never had pursued God. And so he didn't grow up in church. He didn't have anything. He didn't care about God. And um, he, he said it wasn't until his dad was nearing, he didn't know it was the end of his life, but he said his dad started in the last six to seven months of his life, started seeking God, right? He abandoned the walk with the wicked, and he turned his life towards God. And I thought about that and I thought, man, praise God that just like the thief on the cross who did not have time to walk in the way of righteousness, but he's still gonna be with God, forgiven, right? He called on the name of the Lord and he was saved, right? Just like that, this man, you know, he had six or seven months in which he had a life and he was walking in a path of righteousness. And I thought, man, that's an amazing story, right? Praise God that he he humbled himself and realized his need for the Creator. But I thought, man, you know what? How different would this whole family story be if, when he was a young adult, right, or when he was younger, he would have submitted to God then and he would have turned from the way of the wicked but walked in a way of righteousness? And I thought, man, if he had been walking in wisdom for all those years, how much different would this situation look? And now, praise God, that's the beauty of God that there's hope in all situations and circumstances. But I don't know about you, but What I want for my life is I want it to be defined by a walk of wisdom for the rest of my life. Like, that's what I desire, that my kids would see that. Man, if I get to be lucky enough and and live long enough that hopefully I have grandkids who see that, or just my friends in general, my community, as a church, we would get to see each other walk in wisdom. That's what I really want. That's what I really want. I don't want to wait for that. I want that right now. I'm asking you to bow your head